Learn how to build your faith on God's word and live a life of 100% victory, 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's word to work for you. Lift your hands. Love this Jesus this morning. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how faithful he is. Oh, we worship your name. We worship your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. Yes, what a God. What a God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Come on, somebody, jam your hands together. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please take your seat. Glory to God. I can't hear you. I say glory to God. Uh, Why is your suit like my suit? Come. It's not really, it's the opposite of my suit. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this is your hairstyle. Where is your wife? I know some people don't know he's married this hairstyle. He's very married. How are you doing? I have your ring. Is it original diamond? Let me see. Is it original one? It's original diamond. Now I don't rob you. You won't make it out of here. <laughs> Praise God. You can go back to your seat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen. Yeah, some people have an issue with those kind of things. They think that guy can't be saved. Yeah, because they think salvation is an outward thing. Sometimes the person that is dressing like they are saved, they are not even saved. Is somebody get what I'm saying? Uh, there is no scriptural hairstyle for salvation. Uh, anything people are saying is man-made there's no scripture that thou shalt bablo cut for thou to be saved there's no such thing praise God alright so let's understand the basic differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament a lot of the things that they did under the law is not really pertaining to us today. It was more of their cultural things. Okay? So there's no scriptural way you must dress. As long as it's decent and it's not exposing parts that you should not expose, you're fine. Somebody can know what I'm saying. Because it's easy for us most times to major on the minor and minor on the major. It's, it's very possible and we, we miss the mark. Glory to God. Today I'm going to talk about something very, very, something I'm very passionate about. And to be honest with you, if you are a Christian, I don't care what country you live in, I don't care what you do for a living, I don't care what challenges you are facing. If you are a Christian, and this thing I'm sharing today is missing in your life, I'm telling you categorically. 
I'm not suggesting, I'm not insinuating, I'm telling you categorically without missing words, you will never realize your full potential in God. You would never. You would never. And unfortunately for many of us, Satan has been robbing us because of a lack of this thing. Hallelujah. This morning I'm going to try to show you the importance of spending time alone with God. So you can call it alone with God. Satan has robbed us too much. Robbed us too much. If you are here and you are a born again Christian, you are sure that you are born again. Can I see your hand? You are sure. Not somebody sure for you. You are sure you're a born-again Christian. Upstairs. Okay, most people upstairs are not born again. So when I do attack, all of you just come together as a group. If you are not able to spend time alone with God, you would never grow spiritually. Are you here, somebody? You would never grow what? Spiritually. Satan has been robbing us. It's just painful. Sometimes I wish you can see how great your own potential actually is. I wish you can see it. Jeremiah chapter 9. I'm going to start reading from verse I'm going to read from verse 23 and 24. The AMPC version. So, DJ, look for that. AMPC version. Amplified. Okay. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise and the skillful person glory and boast in his wisdom and skill. Let not the mighty and powerful person glory and boast in his strength and power. Let not the person who is rich in physical gratification and earthly wealth, glory and boast in his temporary or temporal satisfactions and earthly riches. See next verse, 24. But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me personally. And what? Practically. Directly discerning and recognizing my what? character that I am the Lord. He said, who practices loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth? For in these things I delight, says the Lord. Did you see that, that piece of scripture? He said, don't glory in the, in the material things, in whatever you have. He said, let him who glory, who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me personally and what? practically and can discern my character. He said, if you are ever going to glory, you are ever going to boast, let it be in that you know God for yourself. And this is something missing in our time. And this is, I know, I know, a lot of the, a lot of the, 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 the things going on online is, 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 is just prayer for God to do something. You would never grow that way. Shebi is breakthrough you want. Is there anybody here that does, okay, let me say this, if there's anybody here that does not want a breakthrough in any area of their life, you don't want breakthrough. 
You want breakdown. Anybody like that? All of us want some breakthrough. But what I'm telling you, I'm telling you the route to the breakthrough. That's what I'm telling you. You don't chase the breakthrough. You chase the one that breaks through for you. There's too much pursuit of things. God knows you have needs. God is not a fake God. He's not, he, remember, yeah, he said this practically. So he's not, he's not a, 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 a fake or phony um, person or being. He understands your heart. But he's saying, look, don't chase the things. It's going to weary you out. You're going to be going from one need to another need to another need to. And this is what some people's Christian experience is about. Needs, needs, needs. When the average Christian of today hears prayer, he's thinking about asking God for something. That's what he's thinking about. But that was never the concept and context of prayer. The first human being that was made was not in in prayer with God to ask for anything because everything was already what? Provided. The kind of prayer that he knew was a prayer of fellowship with the Lord. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Oh, and deep things happen in the place of fellowship. Things that are better than money. Things that are better than riches. Things that are better than power. Things that are better than miracles. Somebody here today is praying for a job. Seriously. And that's what you talk to God every day. Oh God, give me a job. Are you kidding me? Go ask people that have jobs. The problem that they face. Oh God, give me a job. So you get a job, 150k. So what next? 150k won't sort your rent. I hope you know. It will sort a car. It will sort a wife. Then you will come back to the same spot one. Oh God! I mean, this, this, this is supposed Christian life. So they start, they start another prayer request. After that one, he says, Oh God, give me wife. Woo! Taking care of wife or taking care of husband is a different vibe all by itself. Then you will start another prayer request. Oh Lord, blind my husband's eye to all the guests. Different vibe. Then something happens. You don't give birth at the time you're expecting to give birth. And you say, oh God! Children. This is, this is, this is some people's work. Some people say they're Christians. This is what they mean. They're just spiritual beggars. This is what they mean. They're just going from prayer point to prayer point to prayer point. And this is a rainy in Nigeria. They rain in Nigeria. They wear me out. They wear me out. They wear me out. I like prayer, but I'm talking about prayer of fellowship. Not talking at God. Every day. Oh God, these are my problems. You know you never disappoint me. Oh God. Really? Which human being can you relate to like that and still be friends with them? See, the people that are not picking your call, they are people that they are calling. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. I say some people that are dodging some people's call, those same people, they are people that they call by themselves. There are people they delight to talk with. There are people they are avoiding to talk with. You need to decide which one you are. The thing you are praying for, there's a shorter route to get it. It's by fellowshipping with the Lord. How many of you can meet a friend at a bus stop, but he's going somewhere, you are going somewhere, and you guys have a deep conversation? 
in the two minutes or five minutes you have at the bus stop together? How many of you do, do, does that? Nobody. If you meet an old friend that you've not met in a long time and you guys have serious gist and you ask him, ah, how far with your wife now or how far with that business now? If it's a deep gist, you say, oh boy, no be waiting, I go gist you. Yeah. Mok we what? Meet up. Mok we link up. Give me your number. Because we don't discuss deep things at the bus stop. Let him that glory, glory in that he understands and knows me personally and practically. What many people are calling a prayer revival is a begging revival. Begging for what is already yours. Which day will you grow to possess what is yours with confidence? Which day? And we like these things. Somebody praying for you. Every day. Really? I don't even know how people don't get bored. Me, I'm bored. I say every day, you're from the church every day. Say, oh God, bless us Kingsley. I say, yes, that's good. Day one, I'm okay with that. Day two, oh God, bless us Kingsley. Okay, okay. Day three, you won't see me day four. I'm tired already. You know why? I'm already blessed. I'm already, it's, it's, see, oh my God, oh my God. Lord, give us revelation. The person you are trying to convince to bless you is trying to convince you that you are blessed. So he's tired. He's trying to tell you, you are already blessed. You are convincing him, oh God. Oh God, you know. <laughs> when, when we got married, you know the story. In fact, before we got married, my wife as a teenager, she has seen many doctors. She, she was the woman with the issue of blood. How many of the woman with the issue of blood? She was bleeding uncontrollably, unstoppably before we got married. I mean, before, when she was a young girl. As a teenager. So she has been seeing doctors and they've already told her you're going to have issues with having children. They diagnose her with PCOS and some other things and uterine bleed and many other things. So basically, she was a woman with issues of blood and they've told her as a teenager that you won't have, you have issues with having kids. So when she was an adult and we now met, as we were getting close, that's one of the first things she told me. That this one, you are forming love and you are thinking of taking this to the next level. Let me just tell you in advance. Um, this is what doctors have said and I might not have children. You can ask her, she's here. I told her, who are doctors? What are you talking about? I have no interest or clue in what anybody said. Because somebody has already talked to me before. That none shall be barren in the land. So I don't care. The traditional thing most men would do at that point is to backpedal. You won't have children. I don't have power for drama. They will run. It did not even... I didn't pray about it. I'm sure... This is, is this the problem? This one? Ah, forget. I was too sure. Like, you see... And, and, and it's not that day. You see the problem with us? It's not that day I began to pray. Oh, God. Hey. <laughs> God. I had been reading the Bible before I met her. I didn't even know I was going to need those scriptures. I was just studying the scripture. But I knew like I knew my name. He said, none shall be buried, whether male or female. It's as clear as daylight. It has nothing to do. You see, God is trying to convince you. see, you are trying to beg God for He too is trying to convince you that, look, I've settled this thing. So I didn't even pray about it. I said, it's fine. In fact, I was so crazy and sure about what I was saying. So I, I, even when we got married, the first one year, we used family planning. You guys, if I touch you, you get, you get pregnant. Forget. <laughs> Forget what that says. Because we didn't want to have kids immediately. If you marry young, I wasn't so, so, so young. But if you marry young, please, it's good to enjoy yourself a bit. Don't, don't panic. 
See, once children start coming, your life will never. Don't answer anybody. Your life will not be the same. Trust me, raising kids is, you, those kids can be with you for the next 18, 20 something years. And if you're, if you're a doting mother, you'll still be worrying about them even at their 40. You see, following them everywhere. Trust me. Your life will never be the same. Now, that's if you marry young. If you marry already when you are very advanced in age, just carry the goal. You don't already groove. You have already groove. Okay? But if you're marrying on time, please don't, don't sweat it. Enjoy each other. Because those foundation years will help you in the busy years. To help you. Children have their own wahala. But that's not today's story. So I told her, first one year we're going to use family plan because I want, to, I want to enjoy my marriage a bit. Bible says you enjoy the wife of your youth. You know in scripture, they say when you marry, take one year off work to cheer your wife up. This Bible is sweet if you know. If you know where to read. <laughs> if you know where to read, this Bible is sweet. So if you are reading the wrong place, you are reading where Satan is chasing people. Read what they are talking to you. They say if you marry, take one year and don't go to work to be cheering your wife up. Don't be cheering her up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. They are not aware of Nigeria's economy. <laughs> he said, when a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year. <laughs> How many men agree with this? We love this guy. It's a good thing. <laughs> Glory to God. You just take leave. Say, why? I got married. That's why you close your business. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is somebody here? So, first one year, I did family plan. I said, I don't want to have that. And um, after that, when we now were serious to have the kids, it still took a while. Altogether, it took about eight years. Seven years plus, so about eight years. But ask her, in that eight years, I didn't panic once. I said, you will have children. Forget it. The first two or three years, she was not in faith. She was in panic mode, as most women would be at that time. She was in panic mode. So she began to go and see doctors, blah, blah, blah. None of those things worked out. And she would say, you are not bothered. What's up? I told her, you are not in faith yet. She said, how do you know I'm not in faith? I told her, when you are in faith, I would know. I would tell you, you are not in faith yet. And truly, after the first two or three years that she was running up and down, she got to the stage where God got her to settle down. Those of you that have heard her story, I don't want to go into that too much. If you have a story, you'll see that God got her to say, look, just it's me and you. And when she settled down, she began to do what I'm talking about, alone with God. This is where, where, where most of us have been robbed of our destinies, have been robbed of our potentials, because we'll never stay with God alone. She sat down and began to search... <clears throat> All the scriptures that had to do with bearing children in, in the Bible. All. She knows all of them now. Especially the ones that talk about twins because she wanted twins. I didn't know there were so many scriptures about twins in the Bible. <laughs> but she searched all of them out. And she, today she has a diary. She has all those things where those scriptures are. The things God told her. You see, when she settled with God... She now got into faith. And I knew when she got into faith. When she got into faith, she was no longer quoting what doctors said. She was quoting what the word of God said. That's how you know. Whenever I talk to people for a few minutes, I can tell. 
if they are going to get blessed or not. If you are coming to me and you are so vast in the problem, it shows you are studying the wrong thing. We were somewhere one time, a man, um, and a woman, a woman, a couple, they had issue with childbearing. If you see the details this man had about their condition, I knew he wasn't ready. He had too much details about the condition, no details about scripture. Your doctor is a creation. God is a creator. Medically, if, if you are going to consult somebody that is a two, two years in the practice and not a specialist, and then somebody that is 100 years in the practice and has a specialist, you know that whatever this one says is nothing compared to what this one is saying. So that doctor, your good doctor has said something. Thank God for him. But the heavenly doctor too has said something. Alone with God. Let me read you a few scriptures. <clears throat> there are so many scriptures, so I'll just run through some of them. Luke 5, 15 and 16. I'll run through as many of them as I can. Then we'll talk a bit about how to achieve this. I know Lagos is busy. I know we live in a very busy city. I know for young people, we are heavily distracted these days. It says, But so much... So much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear him and to be healed by him of their what? Infirmities. Next verse. And he did what? This is Jesus Christ. They said there was a crowd coming in and out for him to heal them. They said a fame of him became popular. So crowds were coming. Give me an IV of this. Let me see if, it's, if it does justice to it. He said, yes, the news about him spread the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of, of, of their sicknesses. Crowds came. He said, but even in spite of all those crowds, he withdrew to what? And this is Jesus Christ, sir. He couldn't have fulfilled his potential without withdrawing to a lonely place. He's alone. You and God alone. There are things he won't tell you in a crowd. No matter how important. And I've told you last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember. God is incredibly patient. I mean, patient. It's one of the bad things that doesn't favor us about him. He's too patient. What this means is that if he has a plan for you and you are not serious, he's just going to wait. It might take the next generation to find somebody that is serious. But you see, he has all the time. You are the one that doesn't have all the time. He's in eternity. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. In spite of the jubilation, miracles, healing service, Jesus withdrew himself to a lonely place to pray. Matthew 14. Okay, let's see, look at Luke. Where is it? Luke, Luke 6, 12. I'll do all the Luke's, then I'll do all the Matthew's. That maybe will be faster that way. There are so many scriptures. I don't, have, I don't know if I'll be able to read all. And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to what? And he did what? This is Jesus Christ. When they say he went to a mountain, it's not because a mountain is closer to heaven. Because you know Africans, we are just, we like magic. African, that's why they call it African magic. A mountain is not closer to heaven. It doesn't make your prayer go faster. 
for them, the concept of the mountain is because you'll be alone as possible. Say so he went up to a mountain, in spite of the busy schedule. And he went there in the mountain and continued all night in prayer to God. This is Jesus Christ, sir. And he's the son of God. But he had to spend times alone with God. How many times did you see Jesus praying for shoe, for bread, for healing? So I don't know where we get these things from. Under Luke, Luke chapter 9, verse 18. There are so many, I'll just touch a few as much as I can. And it came to pass, he was what? He was what? He was what? Alone praying. He was alone praying. He had an incredibly busy schedule. Always with the crowd. The twelve were never only the people with him. He was always the large crowd. The twelve were just... Um, one of these days I'll teach a message titled The Seven Levels of Jesus' Relationships. Yes, there were seven levels the way Jesus related. Seven. So there was always a crowd, but there was always the twelve. Apart from twelve, there was always the three. So he had, he had different stages. And the same thing applies to you. How serious you are determines what stage you are in. Many of us are still in the world stage. Then some of us are in the crowd. Then some people have made it to the twelve. Then some have made it to those three. Those three were the ones that he, he took to see um, 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 Moses and, and, and Co. transfigured. Not everybody saw that one. I still get what I'm saying. And that's what it means when you're alone. There are aspects to, to this life that you will never see. So some of you are stuck on the, on the small things. Money, money, money. This money is safe. Okay, so what will happen? You have 10 billion. What will not happen? I can help you. You have 10 million. You know what you're going to do with it? Do you know what you're going to do with it? You're going to invest it. When it becomes 100 million, do you know what you're going to do with it? You invest it. You're not going to do anything with that money. You just want to have it for having sake. Yes, you probably live a bit more comfortably, but after a while, the way we are created as human beings, nothing satisfies us. In case you have not noticed. Nothing. You will be excited in the immediate, but long term, you will never remain excited about the thing. Don't fall for that nonsense. Let me see if I can read uh, some Matthews. Matthew 14. 22 and 23. So many, so many scriptures. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to do what? Get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Next verse. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain apart to what? Pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So, do you see? He discharged everybody. He discharged his disciples. He said, you guys, the ship, be going. He discharged the multitude. Say, service has closed. And he went alone to pray. You are either the crowd or you are the one the crowd is following. Somebody didn't understand that one. Let me talk to a now. You can understand. Okay, let me join you, Diamond. See, you are either the crowd or you are the one pulling the crowd. And the guy pulling the crowd always has to send the crowd away once in a while. 
so that he will continue to have what he used to have that made the crowd to come. But you see, the crowd, they never have direction. They are always following. Hey, we are praying now. Hey, hey, come and pray. Hey, I don't know that you are the one that will hear God for me. What a shame. What a shame. When you have access to the same God, the root to the God is shorter than the root to the man. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I honor men of God. I understand the grace of somebody blessing you and speaking over you. But that is not a daily meal. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. That is not a daily survival strategy. Haven't you realized the most important things of your life? Nobody can do it for you. Haven't you realized? Can somebody breathe for you? Say, oh boy, I'm tired. This week, I'm off. My brother will be breathing for me. <laughs> Have you just known that the most important thing nobody can do for you? If you are president, you need to use the bathroom. No matter how busy you are in the world, you are Mr. President, you are Mr. World. When you are pressed, you must go yourself. That is how these spiritual things are. Nobody can go for you. For your destiny, nobody can go for you. He discharged the disciples. He discharged the crowd. And he was there alone with God to pray. Satan has robbed us so much. Sophistication and civilization has robbed us so much. I wish, and I hope we, won't be, we will not regret when we get to heaven and find out there are so many things we could have been and done for God and in this life that we would have missed because we are in a rat race. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying, Sha. We have been robbed, guys. We have been robbed so much. We have been robbed so much. Let me read one last one. Now, I can't even see if this is Matthew or Mark. Okay, let's check Matthew. Matthew 14. Say Matthew 14. Let's see 31. The way I wrote it, I can't even see what I wrote. He said, and, and immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou, listen for it. Blah, blah, blah. Next verse. Let me see. I think I'm reading wrong. Okay, and when they were come into the sheep, the wind ceased. Next verse. And they were there in the sheep. Okay, no, I'm reading the wrong thing. Check Mark. Mark chapter 4. Mark, Mark 14. I've written the way I wrote this, and I can't even see what I wrote. So if it doesn't work, we'll just continue. Quickly. Is there a Mark 14? Okay. But it spake more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee. Next verse. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit ye here while I shall what? Pray. Okay? I think it's what I'm trying to do. Next verse. And he take it with him, Peter and James and John, and because I'm amazed, I'm very heavy. Okay, baseline. Baseline. On this last day, he, he told them, let's go and pray. And you know the story, they were all sleeping. That you need to set up a proper time alone with God. You must have alone time with God. That's the summary. You must have alone time with God. If you can't achieve that,
be daily at least. But even if you can't catch up with daily, let it be as regular as it can during the week. But daily is the ideal thing. Number one, those periods of isolation with God is the place that correction happens. Correction happens. You can be writing this down. Number one is correction. Your character in Christ will never be formed just by attending services. Your character in Christ is going to be formed when you spend time alone with God. There are things he's going to confront you and correct you about that no other person might be able to confront and correct you about. Character is formed. Some of you, the reason you are not married or the reason your business is not moving is your character. And nobody can tell you. Some people don't even know it. But God knows that if you can adjust how sharp your mouth is, if you can adjust this, your heady nature that you don't listen to anybody, you don't take advice, you don't submit to anybody, you are a self-made man. God, God, God just says, if you can remove your pride, you will move so fast. If you can deal with your fear, you will move so fast. If you can deal with your arrogance, you will move so fast. If you can deal with your laziness, correction takes place. In that place of isolation. Number two, conception takes place in the place of isolation with God. Conception. There are many dreams and visions that God wants to give you, but He can't give you because you are not even there. You can't conceive except until you have a private time with the opposite sex. Any couple you see that have children, it wasn't on the express road they conceived. Am I correct? There are even some couples, the way you see them, just know that they're not doing anything. These children are immaculate conception. Because they look so holy. Have you seen those couples before? They look like they're not even thinking of worldly things. So are very just serious, just love the Lord. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So couples like that, you can't think of these ones, they're not having sex. They can't be thinking of sex. This holy man and woman. They can't be thinking of sex now. But they have three children. How do you think those three children? <laughs> you know why? They are meeting secretly somewhere we are not present. That's where conception takes place. Even mad women that have children, have you noticed they don't, they're not having the sex in public? So even mad women see hides. In isolation, conception. Vision is battered of your future. Some of you, there are businesses inside you, yet you are praying for a job. Oh, somebody didn't understand what I said. I said there are businesses inside you. There are conglomerates inside you. There are products inside you. But you are still begging on the streets, praying for breakthrough. Meanwhile, you are a breakthrough to many people. But no conception. I told you some weeks ago how I started DCC. I spent two weeks on fasting. Not, because, not for anything. I just wanted to spend time with God. And in the course of those two weeks, God spoke to me, start a youth fellowship. That's why I'm here. I, I, I wonder where I would have been. See, the frustration many of you are facing is because you are in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing. So you can never be satisfied with life. I could, I could imagine if I did not spend those two weeks hearing God, I'll probably do one nine-to-five job somewhere. And I'll be tired. You, I'll hate the job. Because it wasn't what I was created to do. Many of you, your frustration is tied to the fact that there are pending things God wants you to do, but you have never paid attention. You like the hustle. Always on the road. You like the grind. <laughs> Conception takes place. Number three. Conviction 
takes place in isolation. Conviction. There are many of you, see, your faith, like my wife, like my wife's story, you can't get faith on the surface, oh, because faith usually is a life or death matter. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Let me give you an example. Imagine if she never um, um, really settled in faith about this having children. What it means is that if she never settles it really, and on the surface she's pretending to have faith, it means we'll go our whole life without having kids. And you know what we are going to say? Should I tell you what we are going to say? Should I tell you now what we are going to say if we go our whole life without having kids? Should I tell you? Some of you already know, are we? It's God's will. It's God's will that we have only spiritual children. And there's no scripture like that. We don't know God's character by experience. We know God's character by scriptures. He said none shall be barren. Which part of none don't you understand? And Satan tried that trickle. There was one of the days where we were still trusting the room where my wife was bleeding at night. I've shared this story many times. She was bleeding. She was in a pool of blood. This is not, uh, uh, I mean, as in, she was bleeding like she was urinating. And it was blood all over like this, surrounded. And Satan said, can this woman ever have a child? Do you think this one will born at all, so? He told me. You see, when Satan brings that voice, how do I know Satan's voice? Very simple. It brings fear. It brings doubt. Because suppose I don't know the voice of Satan. I don't know the voice of God. Very simple. When is God is faith, confidence, peace. When is Satan is the opposite, fear, doubt, discouragement. By the way, if you're a single or married person here, we're doing LDM this evening. It's titled Prophets and Prophecies in Marriage. Please, I beg you. If, call your friends. You log in. Make sure you call your friends. It's going to be social media, um, Instagram, YouTube, and everything. Because too, too many nonsense going on. People don't know when God is speaking and when God is not speaking. I met somebody that married in 17 days. Met and married somebody in 17 days. Why? Because the person said, God said, you're my wife. Met and married in 17 days. Also separated the next 17 days. So please... Be at that meeting this evening, 8 p.m. Nigerian time. So, what was I saying for? So, my wife was bleeding. And Satan said, Will she ever have a child? That can't be God. Satan was saying, Maybe you are meant to only have spiritual children. Maybe God's will is for you to adopt. Listen, there's nothing wrong in adoption. We believe in adoption. Adoption is not a substitute for me having children. No. I adopt because. The ideal is not even an orphanage. God wants children to grow in families. So I encourage anybody that is, once you are okay, adopt somebody. Because it's better for a child to grow with a father and mother. Orphanage is not God's best. It's just a secondary, temporary arrangement. Orphanage is not the best. Now, it's, it's, the, be- it's the only option sometimes, I know. I'm saying, but it's not the best. The best is that individuals like you that already have family, husband and wife, adopt somebody. Whether or not you have children. It's not, adoption is not something you do because you don't have children. Hey, Africa, where our problem is plenty. Adoption is not something you do because you don't have children. No, you can have children and still adopt. I'm not talking about house help. You adopt somebody to be house help. That's what I'm talking about. You adopt them and they have privileges of a son and a daughter. You still get a maid if you need a maid. Ah, that's not message of today. 
Let me not get distracted. So what was I saying before? Mm-hmm. So Satan will tell me, oh, maybe God is just to adopt. Maybe God is just to have spiritual children. Maybe God, that cannot be God's will. I, how do I know? Why didn't I Satan thought? The moment Satan was saying those things, scripture rose up in me. Hallelujah. And these scriptures, is not that day I read it. You see the reason why you are losing battles? Is that it's the day of battle you are bringing. What? Is, oh, God. Is the day of battle you are looking for what, what gun you have? Eh? Didn't you see when David was going to face Goliath? They tried to give him a, an emergency equipment. Did you notice? Some of you don't even know the story. That's why you're looking at me like this. When they wanted to give him false armor, they wanted to give him false gun. He said, I'm not used to it. You can't be testing gun in the day of battle. They will kill you. They test, did they work? Did they work? And the enemy is at the door. Are you? I, 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 are you okay? As the enemy is, you are just saying, "Ah, this gun. Where, where, where did you die? <laughs> you don't die already now. You're a dead man walking. They wanted to give him David's armor. He said, "I've not proven this one. I've never used it. So let me use that one that doesn't look sophisticated, but I'm used." It wasn't that day he was testing it that I thought they were saying, hey, go. Mm. Hey, no go. You like to kill you. Are you here, sir? So it's not that day I read the scripture. The next Satan was telling me that I'm back from the club. And in him, there is no variableness. Ay, 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 ay. It rose up, but I didn't want to read it in the <laughs> Home video now. Who has Bible? We don't even use Bible again. Does anybody have a physical Bible here? Who has it? Nobody has a physical Bible again in this church. Please bring anybody. Just give me. If you have a physical Bible, give me. Just give me. Uh-huh. This one is small, Sha. Give me big one. This one will communicate the thing. Just say physical hand. Black is even better because black is the official Bible, uh, color of the Bible. <laughs> These are the things that we, we watch from movies. You know, many people think when we are praying what we prayer, we need to hold our Bible like this. I say, Satan! Hey. <laughs> hey God, help your children. Father, have mercy on your children. The level of ignorance we are exhibiting. This was a put a little thing that if I put this Bible under my bed, on my pillow. Satan knows scriptures. Do you see how many scriptures he quoted to Jesus? He knows scripture. He's not intimidated by the physical print. It's by the revelation you have of scripture. Jesus didn't bring out a scroll to start beating Satan. And guess what? When they say Satan tempted Jesus, do you think Satan appeared with horn and tail? Is that what you, you think that's what happened? No, it's thoughts like this. Suggestions. I mean, Satan is constantly talking to you. You just don't recognize it's him. He comes in thoughts and suggestions. He's not going to come with you with tail and, and horn. Lily said that scripture was in me that in him there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. 
What that means is that when it comes to what God has said, it doesn't vary from person to person. So he won't say, you, not shall be barren, but for you, mm, my will is for you to adopt. Then that will be variableness. That will mean the same word doesn't apply to everybody. He said, there's no shadow of turning. That means he won't change what he has said today. He said it many years ago. It's not now. When condition don't tight. Because, you know, human beings do that. They can say, I'll be giving you thank you every month. When things, like this lockdown that happened, many people couldn't keep their pledges or promises to businesses. Do you understand? They couldn't. Because, ah, we don't work and everywhere is locked down. They say, God is not like that. That no matter what's going on, God will still, that thing he said, there's no shadow of turning. So that's what made me just know it doesn't matter how much she bleeds, she will still have kids. Are you here, somebody? So, what I say happens in, in I say conviction. So, you can't grow in faith if you never sit down and read God's word for yourself. Sit down, read good faith books in isolation, in some level of privacy, in some level of atmosphere that allows you and God to interact. Conception can't take place, correction can't take place. Because see, God's voice is still small voice. He doesn't shout. He doesn't force. He's Satan that shouts and forces people. God will just nod you gently. And you need a quiet atmosphere, a quiet mind, a quiet spirit to hear. Your phone can't be buzzing. You can't be on Instagram and reading the Bible at the same time. You can't be watching TV. I say, no, no, you're not meditating. Still small voice. You make imprints that you will need in your future. I'll be telling you. you, 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 you con- conception, conviction about your destiny. Conviction about who Christ is. Conviction about who you are in Christ. Why do you think Satan from your village is sobbing you? You have no conviction. When you have conviction of what God has done for you on the cross, how that he came to destroy the works of the devil, how that you are seated far above all principalities and powers, you will never beg Satan again till you die. I can't remember the last time I prayed about Satan. Who, who is he? Who, who? who is he? Some of you know Satan too much. It's high time he knows you. That's what those demons told the seven sons of Sceva. They say, Jesus we know. Paul we know. Who are you? You know Satan too much. You know different manifestations of of spirits of the devil. (laughs) So, what are the things that happen in, in isolation with God? Correction, number two, conception. Number three, conviction. Number four, communication. Communication. You lack direction for your life, spend time. You don't know how to handle the issue going on between you and your husband, you and your wife. God knows. Communication will take place. You are fellowshipping with God. You're not just talking at God. You guys are talking back and forth. You are sharing your heart, but you're also praying and relating and waiting for him to speak back to you to to give you a word of encouragement, a word of direction. Communication is taking place. And lastly, commissioning. 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 See, to do this Christian life, you can't do it by your own power. Remember what um, Jesus told the disciples. Say, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with what? Power. He said, you can't go out. The thing your eye is going to see out there is tough. You can't go out without commissioning. Without spending time with God and being empowered. And that's what you need to do every day. You're empowered to face challenges of the day. The anointing comes on you. The empowerment of God comes on you. How do I uh, set up this alone time with God? I'll do that in five minutes. I've already elapsed my time, but 
Number one, try to set out a specific time. Don't leave it to chance. If you leave it to chance, things will always distract you. Nature abhors vacuum. So if you leave it to chance, something will fill that time. You, you set it like an appointment that is fixed. If you need to put reminders on your phone, if you need to ask God to help you to keep that um, appointment, set it up as an appointment. Set it at the time that is most convenient for you, depending on your work schedule and your life schedule. Generally, morning is better because uh, you can start your day with it. But if you know that you always wake up right about time to rush out to work, then that is not... Yes, you can pray on your way, preparing for work, but that's not really what I'm talking about today. That's not isolation with God. That's, that's just praying to go out in the morning, and that's fine. But that's not what I'm talking about. This thing I'm talking about is that you actually have this time. You're not in a hurry. You can't have a deep conversation in a hurry. You can't. You have the time. If it's one hour you have, then you know you have this one hour with you and God. So, set it any time that is most convenient for you. The problem with night for most people is that they are usually tired. Except you are really a night person. If you are a night person, that's absolutely fine. If you are an afternoon person, maybe your lunch break, you go to your car, or you can find a secluded place in a bathroom, whatever. Whatever works for you, set that appointment. Number two, I feel it should be at least one hour, minimum. How do I arrive at that? It's not by force, but that's my thinking. And the reason is because Jesus told them, can't you tarry for one hour? He said, at least. If you can't pray with me all day, he said, at least do one hour. So, for me, I think one hour should be minimum. It can be more, definitely. Depending on your work schedule. For those of you that, those of you that right now you don't have a job, woo! You should be at a very high level spiritually and you should see your job. It's not, don't, don't waste your time complaining and browsing and playing. Spend that time with God. You will hear God. Number three, also get a secluded place. So you see Jesus sometimes, he will go to the mountain. Sometimes he will send the crowds away. There are times you send your kids to their room, send them to the parlor, let them go and do something else so that you can have some alone time with God. So get a secluded place. Get a secluded place. I had a friend like that those days. One of my Ashik pastors those days, his secluded place was in their toilets. So every morning, every morning, thank God they had two toilets in the house. But every morning, that downstairs toilet was no-go area. Every morning, without fail, without fail, without fail. Every morning, it was in that downstairs toilet. You will hear him praying and worshiping. Most times, the songs have no key. No, it doesn't follow any key. God has all the keys. So sing your own way. What should your alone time with God consist of? Number one, worship. 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 In fact, in the midweek service, we'll talk about that in detail. Let me not even go into it at all. In the midweek service of today, of, of this week, we'll talk about what it should consist of and how it should be. And we're going to even practicalize it and, and, and pray for one hour so that you will see that you can do it. Everybody can at least pray for one hour if you know what it should consist of. So I'm going to do it. Let me not even go into it here. I'm going to do it in the, we're going to do it in the midweek service. Anybody can pray for at least what? One hour. That's what Jesus said. That can't you even tarry with me for one hour at least? Everybody should at least be able to spend one hour with God. Hallelujah. Look at this. He said, and he comments and finded them sleeping. <laughs> That's another thing. Get a posture that will be comfortable for you to spend one hour. Don't get a posture that will help you sleep. You know that you are asleep. You are in bed. Have a bond and a romance. Then you say you want to lie down and read the Bible. Now sleep, you want to sleep. 
So you take a posture that allows you to be alert. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and said unto them, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldest not thou watch at least for one hour? Hallelujah. Everybody can do that. Satan will not rob you anymore. Civilization will not rob you anymore. The distractions in our times are too much. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you want to be active on all of them at the same time. Let me tell you a big trick. See, choose quickly what and what you really can do well. Don't try to do everything. I've not seen my Facebook account in over 15 or 20 years. I've not seen it. Yes, I have people on my team that post for me and reply things. Well, I can't see it. Yeah. My Twitter account, I've not seen it till they started it till now. Never seen it. I don't even know how to operate Twitter, I mean. You want to, only you want to be, my YouTube account, I've never controlled it. I just see what's going on there. I've never posted myself or typed something there. And all of them are heavily, they are, I'm active on all of them, in quotes. Instagram, I have 500,000 followers. Facebook, over, about five, close to 500,000 followers. YouTube, over 150,000. So they are all fully active, but I'm not active. If I attempt to be active on all those things, I will not be active. Jesus had to discharge the crowd. The crowd, they have what they are chasing. They don't like you. It's what you carry they are chasing. If you lose what you carry, they'll move to the next place. Because that's what crowd do. They never have direction. If you want to leave the crowd, then you must have direction. And direction is in the place of isolation. Are you here, somebody? You can't watch all movies. Say, it just came out. And so what? You can't. Some people, some people, he pays them. That a movie has come out, they don't watch it. Why? Are you a censor? Are you part of censor's board? Except your job, of course, is directly related to it. Then that's fine. Then that's work. It's not fun. It's work. You're working. But if you're just a movie enthusiast, say, I can never miss any new movie. I'm the first on my street to watch it. <laughs> hey, God help you. We are so committed to rubbish. I can't miss any Arsenal match. <laughs> I must watch it live as the coach. <laughs> the one you have been watching for the past five years, what has you done? You don't it. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You have to cut off distractions. Look for the things that are eating your time. Cut them off. Some of you, it's okay to leave social media for a while. If it's an addiction, leave it. There's nothing happening there. The one you have participated in the past 10 years, what have you gained? Of course, except your business is directly linked. I understand that. Then you can structure it. That every one hour, one hour a day, I'll go there and do what I need to do, answer questions and whatever, post and leave. But not that I'll spend the whole day. Thank you, Jesus. Can I pray tonight? Can we just bow our heads? I want to pray with the person here today that is not born again. If you're not born again, this is where you need to start from. From giving your life to Jesus. So please, let me quickly pray with you in the next one minute. If you are here under the sound of my voice, you are not born again in the, in the audience today. Lord, I pray that they will hunger and desire to spend time alone with you. And all the benefits of isolation with you. Seen visibly in their lives in the name of Jesus. Like you said in your word, when we pray in secret... When we enter our closet and secret, 
that you reward us openly. I decree for as many as are taking time to seek you in secret, let their rewards be open in the name of Jesus. Father, reward them openly in the name of Jesus. I, I, I speak peace over your week. I speak prosperity over your week. Whatever was troubling you, God will trouble them. Whoever is fighting you, God will fight for you. In the name of Jesus. I decree this week to be a week of open doors. Doors of favor and doors of blessings. They will open for you in the name of Jesus. Good news on the way to you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah.